I have these friends, Dan and Sheila. I Actually, they're podcast hosts. Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. I'm Dr. Redmond. And we are back for one Mo episode of Touching Evil. Some might say the second last episode. They would say that because it's true. It is the second last episode. I don't know why I was doing a bit there. 100% this is the second last episode of Touching Evil. Which in a way will be, is there a nice way to say this? A blessing? Is that is that too cruel to say? Feel free to tell me if it is. Not a curse. <laughs> oh my god, this show. Oh. Okay, I'm so glad. Um What what are uh, they up to? I have no idea, honestly. Yeah. I'm glad it's not just me who's baffled here. <laughs> it is no. Here's 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 now at this point before yeah. we get to the last episode. Please. Um what I would say really is that they have no idea who these people are. Somebody did not sit down yeah. and write a a Bible for all of these people. Uh, yeah, because that is clear. We have complained periodically on Criminal Minds and on other shows that there isn't a character Bible. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that at some point it, I thought, you know, these are, it, this is more like Criminal Minds, but in some ways it's worse than Criminal Minds <laughs> because not only do you not have a Bible. Yeah. But these people don't seem to know who they are. Yeah. Like the actors have not taken possession of their character in any meaningful way. No, I it it, it is. Whereas, I mean, I I know they all both like Hotch, and there was you all know exactly Hotch. who Hotch is. You know exactly who Hotch is. Yeah. You really do know who everybody is. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, everybody, and the thing is, whether you like the characters or whether you dislike the characters, they're all flawed people. And I think that's one of the things about, um, that makes our, our tra travels through Criminal Minds so interesting is how, like, the, the writers don't seem to understand how flawed these people are and then accidentally write them more flawed as a result. I know that there was, if the characters had not taken over. Yeah. I think that there would have been, it would have yeah. been worse because they had so many different writers. I yeah, mean, exactly. I, have, I have a database. Yeah, of all, all of the writers and directors of this show. Yeah, which made six season 16 a little more consistent. Oh, yeah. Um, there was a consistency to the writing room that we hadn't seen in probably three or four years. Yeah. Five years. Um and yes, I understand that Hotch uh, had to go, and that's where we'll leave it. I, I, ten years later, am sort of going, okay. I guess I've kind of accepted it. It's <laughs> it's know? still it's still a tough pill to swallow. It is, it is, because he was the linchpin of the show, and yeah. I don't think anybody understood that until and, he wasn't there anymore. Yeah. And wasn't there anymore and the writers um you know 
I mean, because that seems to have been, now, mind you, he had anger management issues even before the blow up that so, caused. Yes. I mean, there, there were all sorts of writing stuff about that. Like we've seen reports of that all you know, throughout the press. Okay. We've talked about that. Yes. Yeah. Um, but his main issue seems to have been, it was a character and his yeah. telling the writer, Hotch wouldn't do this. Yeah. Right? And the writer, no, this is what I've written, and this is what Hodge is going to do. No, Hodge won't do this. And it's true. Like, yeah. you're right that the to the degree it has been a success, it is because these people are looking out for their characters. You know? Yeah. I mean, Penelope Garcia. Oh, yeah. You can know exactly what Penelope Garcia would and wouldn't do, like, right yeah. away. Yeah, and it doesn't matter who writes her Nobody, she'll just do what she wants. The actress, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, her. And then you have, and then, and then you have Joe Montaigne, who's just. Montaigne. Uh, well, we all know how we feel about David Rossi. Yeah, I mean, no, come on. And uh, I mean, look, he is just comfortable. He I, is. Can't, absolutely. I can't. Absolutely. Saying anything. But he was very comfortable to, as a replacement to Gideon. Oh, absolutely. No, 100%. It is very much, uh, you know, uh, the cozy response to losing Gideon, who is a far more edgy character who had made you uncomfortable to be around. David Rossi is very much, you know, a warm hug by comparison. <laughs> yes, you know. So uh, I, the energy he gives off is a very much more soothing, you know, absolutely. And then and you have, I, right, and then you have Wire in the Blood, where right from the first episode, okay, you know, uh, maybe they're not the best people, but we know who they are right away and they stay consistent, right? I know, I know what he wants. I know what Tony Hill wants. You know what he's going to do. And every now and then he will surprise you because he yeah. starts out of his comfort zone. Yeah. But I will tell you that even though they didn't write, they had, and this is probably what Paul Abbott doesn't have, which is yeah. why it was a problem with Cracker. Mm -hmm. Okay. As well. When he wrote the Cracker episode that didn't work. Yeah. He doesn't understand human beings and characters. Like somebody it's has sort of to. bold thing for you to say about a guy. No. I'm not saying I disagree with you, but it's just a very no, bold but, thing to say about a guy. No, but think about what the pro because you compare Robson Green. Yeah, because I mean he's, it's a very handy because he's the star of both shows. Yes, no, that's what I'm doing, right? Yeah. No, but in Wire in the Blood, you are starting with a book, right? You have the character, and I am sure. He read the books. Yes. I don't know if he did or not. I oh, I'm sure he would have read them for research because he wants to understand who he's playing. Who he I'd be very surprised if he hadn't. Yes. And so he had already, there is a well-developed character in the books. Yeah. The character is different and moves away, but that's because they got rid of, um, or what's-her-face went to MI5, so she yeah. wasn't there anymore. Um. And they didn't make the mistake of trying to replace her mm -hmm. as hers. They just found another cop to set it. Yeah. To fit. And Alex worked out fine. And 
Alex worked out fine. But in terms of the core, and I don't, and I would think Robson Green couldn't do too much with the scripts he was handed. Of course not. Because it's script driven and the scripts just aren't good enough. And I don't know if Paul Abbott understands how you're, because I haven't seen much of his other stuff. I've never watched Shameless. People apparently really love Shameless. Okay. Yeah, not, I know, but supposedly like people adore that show. Supposedly, people like this one too. I don't. Why? Well, not enough. It's not like it got no. a third season. Like instead of a third season, they had a movie and then it just stopped. But I yeah. know, but for after season one, for some reason, <laughs> why, why did they get a season two? Is our reaction? Well, yeah, our reaction was uh, okay. I mean, I watched something called Jericho. It only has four episodes. It is a very idiosyncratic show. Right. I'm whoa, it's weird. It's four episode it's four episodes and that's it. Okay. And they're never moved past the four episodes and plenty it, of those. Yeah. And so it uh, I don't know if it intended, I suspect they wanted to be. Yeah. Um it was I mean, they did an episode of during that took place during a smog alert in the fifties. Oh wow! Oh my God! What it must it must have cost a fortune to do this. It, it if people don't understand um, about what how bad smog was in London in the nineteen fifties, it was it was literally so bad that you could not see twenty feet in front of you. Like it, it was like, it. It, and and they like that's how bad the smog was because it would just sit over the city. When the weather turned a certain way, everything coming out, all of those chimneys would just sit right in the city and no one could breathe and no one could see and the city would shut down. It was terrifying. Yeah, this was, shut down. This yeah. was total lockdown because, and nobody complained because you couldn't go outside. Yeah, you couldn't go out anyway. Yeah, you couldn't, you, you couldn't breathe in it. People wore gas masks. Yeah. If they had to go out. Yeah, they had to plan like the world's first clean air laws over this that's how bad it was well they burned people in their homes burned coal oh yeah but you know there were also you know factories with and giant smokestacks all over london at that time you know london was an industrial city up until these laws were passed but anyway so it, that's it's amazing that they managed to recreate that yeah, and they know? did it was it was stunning how it was recreated yeah you know i so, mean even station everybody everybody had to stay loath as i am to do this we do actually have to talk about this episode of touching evil okay i mean i i don't know what to say about it honestly yeah I, it's like okay it's a bunch of different shows you you can't it's just jumping around really. i mean um, it is it is difficult to follow the plot this week you know, now, okay, I think they were trying to do um, Kit. I don't know what that is. <laughs> kit. Uh, no, no, Kick. Kick, yes, kind of. Kind of, because it is, it is, um, it turns out. It is about a, a giant pedophile ring. You know, it is some QAnon nonsense this week. Uh, uh, now, that's not to say there aren't, you know, giant scary pedophile rings. Of course, those things exist. Uh, and you know, but uh, it's just it has given the way it has become a cult around Donald Trump. They've actually made it really difficult to deal with actual pedophile rings 
because yeah. now everyone thinks that Donald Trump is fighting the devil. Oh God, yes. Well, and and we we should do a Sunday show just about neo Calvinism because I was right all along. No, that's what yeah, it's called. It is Calvinism. Um, but anyway, um, I will interview uh, you about it one Sunday, and people can find out. Yeah, we, well, we'll and we can. Um, but with this episode, yes, this and and they take this woman who grabs her son. Yes. So the episode opens. Uh, with this woman, kid. Well, I mean, there's two things going on. One, the father of the girl who was killed in the uh, first episode, right, uh, of the season, right. The father of that is, you know, obsessively watching the videotape of his daughter as a uh, as a child. Meanwhile, a woman goes and kidnaps a uh, what six year old boy, seven year old boy, from the backyard of his house. Meanwhile, uh, and then things get super weird because Dave is working a case where two people have been shot in the face in their house and their child is missing. And uh, I'm just going to say, and this is, people are not murdering people in their houses and stealing their, uh, murdering middle class people in their houses and stealing their children for pedophile rings. That's just not happening. Like, that is what, you know, the media tells you to be afraid of, right? But that's that's just not happening. The children who are being trafficked are children who, well, I mean, we actually see perfectly good uh, examples of it in this episode, which are children who are war orphans and children of desperately poor, you know, edge of society people. Like, so this depiction of, like, just a middle class couple getting shot to death in their house so someone can steal their child for an international pedophile ring. Like that's that's insane that they would risk doing that when they've got this giant organization all around the world moving children all over the place for pedophiles. Why are they like just murdering random middle-class people in their house? Like that that part is kind of baffling to me. And yes, it is baffling. Is is there a, like a later part of the plot that I've forgotten or missed somehow that like those people were in on it somehow and they were killed because they were a risk? No. No? Okay. Okay, I'm glad. No, no. Because I, I didn't hear spo I didn't spoiler hear. alert. The parents of uh the parents of the girl or of the boy who gets kidnapped are in it and are pedophiles. Yes, and they they, they take care of children when yeah. they're brought in from other countries or yeah. from they are the way station. They're the way station. They raise the children to a certain age, to whatever age they can sell them for a good amount of money. Exactly. I mean, that, but I mean, you don't even, you don't get that sense. I mean, watch Kick if you want to see. Yeah. What it, how it works. Watch Kick. That's. Don't read lot. the book. I think the book is in many ways better than the show. But but the thing is like this is pre Kick is interesting because it, it fully embraced the internet part of it. Yeah. The online trading of child pornography. And this is literally about, you know, just selling children, uh, selling and trading children back and forth. And it's like, it, it was crazy that Kick missed the most, uh, in many ways, interesting part of her story, which is that her best friend was, you know, a, the, the kid who had been traded back and forth. And that's why he was not functional in any way, shape or form. Yeah. 
But uh, that was too dark for the show. <laughs> well, yes, it is an American show. But it is an American show, and that was too to, dark for it. Yeah, you have to you have to read the book. Yeah, um, it's it's a good book. Can't believe she never wrote a second one. Anyway, uh, but it's uh, so, yeah. coming on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, come one on, day, guys. one day. Come on, guys, you can do it. Uh, you know, convince her to finish this thing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so they um, and so Dave is very confused that he's dealing with one, uh, right, that he's dealing with one missing child and dead parents. And there's another missing child the same day. So, yeah, it's it's quite a surprise. So uh, he they managed to quickly track her down. And she drops the bomb that this is her child. And she is just trying to take him back from the people who purchased him. And so that's a twist, but it puts them onto the guy, the lawyer, who sells, who deals in children. Right? Uh, and so Susan is going to go undercover as a lawyer herself who is trying to buy a child. Right? That's the plan. And they have a really great, and they do have a legitimately good way of ingratiating her, which is to arrest him and then have her pretending to be a lawyer like, spring him. Yes. To ingratiate herself further. So, like, that that practice is all pretty good. Right? Uh, and, of course, she gets the hook to um, uh, she gets the hook to go to Romania. Is it Romania? Where... Where do they go? Oh, it's um, Albania. Albania, thank you. Yeah. These children are all in Albania. Yeah. Uh, so she gets the lead to go to Albania to purchase a child for like 5,000 pounds or something like that. 5,000 American dollars. American dollars, that's it. Uh, and by the way, uh, bleakest moment is the guy being like... Uh, wanting an extra $500. And she's like, there's an agreed upon price. And his response is, yeah, but you're just going to flip this child for double that. I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ. So I want more money. The worldview of this show. And she says, no. Well, no, but it is the sort of thing. I mean, come on. The people who traffic in children? Oh, no, absolutely. I'm not saying they're good people. <laughs> I'm just saying, wow, this show. I mean, it shows it. It is bleak. It is bleak. Yeah. But that's the problem with this episode. Yeah. That if they had just focused on that, maybe. Yeah. They they were they were again, this is the problem of we've got two episodes. Yeah. We don't have one episode. We yeah. have two episodes and they're treating this part one and part two. They're mixing it all up. They they've thrown this I swear they take papers. You know, they, they've throw got throw them script. all up in the air about when to do which scene. Yeah, and d d decide to pick them all up, and there's no coherence. You know, like these three guys from Interpol that Interpol has slated as running this ring. Yeah. Okay. Um, comes out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, those, those guys just show up after she gets back. Like, okay, well, now the story has villains. That's a little late. No, they're there before because they're going to watch them. And oh, they've been true, in yes. touch with the Interpol. And they've been in touch with the Dutch police. And it's the Dutch police that send, that eventually, at the end, what turns the one, the lawyer, 
is that the Dutch police have sent some of the pornography and he's made to watch it. And he realizes that these are the children he was selling that have been put into child pornography. Yeah, he was he was selling them to parents and because he had no idea he was selling. He claims he had no idea who was selling these children to pedophile rings because plenty of people, you know, want to buy children and adopt children, which is true. Plenty of people do. And he claims he had no idea he was selling them to pedophile rings. And we don't really know uh, for sure until the last second where on the stand he, you know, says that uh, he knew he was hired to do that. And we're like, okay, finally. Yeah, he- they wanted him to be part of it, and yeah. he did say he did say no because. And then we've got the 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 love interest for for Robson Green. Okay, I mean, yeah, let's get into this. Oh so, my god! So she finds out. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! What is what is happening with this plot line? <laughs> because, like, literally. So they explain. So they find out about the child selling, and they're like, "Okay." So they bring her down to talk about it. And while she's in the police station, someone tries to shoot her, and Robson Green has to get into a gunfight with the guy. And Mark freezes up under fire because remember he just got shot last week, and he's <laughs> barely back on the job. And now people are shooting in a police station. Around him, yeah. And like, my the- question is, yeah, but it, it's outside the police station. But it's like, how did that guy expect to get away? He's on a rooftop opposite a police station. Like, you gotta climb down from the roof and there's 50 cops in there. It's not like he was gonna zip line to a helicopter or something. Uh, but anyway, so Robson Green managed to have, has a gunfight with the guy. She gets put into, you know, protective custody, obviously. And suddenly they're gonna sleep together. Well, she's been flirting with him, and he. She's believed been flirting him. with him, and and they bond over neither having access to their children. Yes, and and she and he does believe that it's hers, but she's got no proof that she exactly. sold the child. Of course, because it was all handled privately by this lawyer. Yeah, and she she and she's so convinced that this lawyer doesn't know, like, and she's not gonna she's not gonna turn on this lawyer. She's not gonna do anything. She just wants her child back. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. She's not going to turn on him. And I was trying to... How is she convinced, so convinced that this guy, who is meeting with the two bad guys, yep. it's the three of them, oh, yeah. right? So they're meeting together um, and to discuss the fact that they botched the, the shooting of the woman because they know mm-hmm. that she knows something oh yeah but you know so then she finds out it's a pedophile ring and that her son is going to be sold yeah and so she she, now how the hell she knows where they're meeting is beyond me no she follows the lawyer now you might be wondering why weren't the cops following the lawyer and i'd be like yeah i don't i don't know i don't isn't that funny yeah. Okay, well, maybe. No, 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 wait, no, she doesn't follow the lawyer. She follows the parents. Sorry, she follows the parents. No, okay. She doesn't follow the lawyer. She follows the parents. And it's only after after she's already following the parents that Robson Green is like, wait a minute. The third time we talked to the parents, they knew the identity of the real mother of this child. But how could they have known that when this was supposed to be all 100% and they had claimed it was all 100% anonymous? And that's when they realize the parents 
were in on the uh, the pedophile ring thing, but she had already been following the parents. Okay, and so Sometimes that's why. Another, yeah. I missed that. I must have blinked. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, I mean, I, I find myself hard, having a hard time being engaged. Yeah, and the, no, it's it's in not the, a well told because... story because I mean we've like we've glossed over the fact that Susan, so she goes and she buys this kid. Right. And while they're busy preparing the kid to be sold, she goes and she photographs all of the um, the documents they've got, which is what gives them their concrete tie between this organization and the pedophile ring, because they've got like names and shipment dates of different children that they can cross reference with the stuff the Dutch are already doing. But yeah. then Susan uh, uses the fake documents that she got from uh, the criminals and the lawyer to try and bring this kid back to England because the kid was literally like being warehoused in a dark room in a basement in Albania. And she gets into trouble with her boss because the boss like is threatening her with kidnapping if she doesn't send the kid back to Albania. Well, the Albanians have already complained. Yeah. To the Brit British Foreign Office. Yeah, and I'm like that that she has abducted a child. And I'm like I don't want to be you know mean about this but why? Why did they complain? Because they're in on it and they're making yeah, money. Yeah, they're in on they're making money. You're absolutely right. Because okay. that's the worldview of this show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I we're not going to talk about it. so often. You want to say you know, the institution. This cannot go on. These sorts yeah. of things cannot go on without some level institutional of support. That's absolutely right. It has to be. And yeah. so they're complaining that she took the child away. Um, the child, of course, doesn't speak English, but... So it's then, not like she can ask for asylum. And now she, they're going to they're going to send the child back, of course. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there going, okay, so in this show, this woman who is so devastated and watched all of these children, they're, oh, that was horrible. That whole scene, yeah. With all of these different children, one little boy crying, and she had to pick one. Only and one to take with her. Baby. There was yep. a baby there, and I, and all this this other stuff, and you're just sitting Ugh. there. Okay, and then she gets back to England, and she's not going to fight. You know, she says, "No, they can't." Blah blah blah. You know, you can call a lawyer, Susan. Susan, can't you call a lawyer? Do you really want? Are you committed to keeping this child? Yeah, and, and of I course, guess not, because she doesn't call a lawyer. She doesn't call a lawyer. She doesn't call anything. Yeah. There, She has all sorts of avenues. She has options she could do here. But yeah. it, the show is just so, I don't want to be a jerk about this, but it's like so desperate to wallow in bleakness. They act like there's nothing that can be done. Well, she can, she, yeah. And all she has to do is go to the press. Exactly. Her lawyer goes to the press. <laughs> it's that simple. And the Brits, hey. You know, you know. Suddenly, suddenly, they got to do something about this. You know, and they're going to let this little girl stay, and there's going to be this heroic cop who has given up her job. Yeah, exactly. Over this child, I mean, she's not committed to even giving up her job over this, and she can find all sorts of other work. It's no, not of like, course. You know, so like I like you. Just, it's very frustrating, isn't it? It's very frustrating. And then, so let's go back to the... All right, Rob let's go back to Robson Green. Uh, the uh, the father of the dead girl from the first episode uh, show, take, kidnaps Robson Green's daughters 
and takes them to his daughter's grave, right? And says, uh, your father killed my daughter, which no, well, he said, I just want you to know that your your father killed my Emily and and so that you understand what's why I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Exactly. And, and then, then he brings the children back home. He does bring the children back home, I'm not denying yeah, no, that. He just borrows them to show them this and then he takes them back home. Yeah. So that nobody really knows that they're missing. Exactly, because mom was napping. You know, and then mom and then mom says to to the to the you know, one of the little girls says to to mom Who's Emily? Emily? Yeah. And why did dad kill Emily? Yeah. And then, uh, of course, this is all made worse by the fact that Dave is cleared in the inquest for what he did. And the father is screaming about how they didn't follow proper procedure and wait for backup. And yeah, I mean, you know, maybe that would have helped. But it's like the guy was going to kill someone while he had a gun pointed at him. So like, I think there's once... Mark didn't shoot him in the back. I don't think there was a lot of ways for her to get out of that alive, tragically. That's exactly it. But of course, you know, the father doesn't know that part. And so Dave just takes the guy into a room and says, come on, let's have a, uh, let's just have a brawl. You know, come on, attack me. That'll make you feel better. And so Dave said, and the guy's like, you know, I want justice. And Dave says that if he could take this guy's pain, he would. And you might remember that as being, uh, the pivotal line and moment from one of the best episodes of Cracker. Uh, where the teacher, yes. you know, uh, then burdens Fitz with the fact that he did not commit the crime. That yes. he was, in fact, innocent. And there's somebody else out there. And there's another killer out there who you're going to set free by putting me in jail. <laughs> Jesus. That episode was so good. Yeah, that was the and the American one. version of it was so bad. <laughs> oh. Ex-conservative. Yeah, I know, I know. All right, uh, so let's get into it. Uh, and so when Dave finds out that his daughters were kidnapped, briefly, uh, he goes and he runs to confront the father. Rather than just calling the cops and having the cops show up and arrest him, the way he should, right? He never waits for backup, remember? He never waits for backup. Uh, he goes to confront him, and meanwhile, the guy has gotten his hunting rifle that he has, and he considers shooting Dave, but instead then he runs off, and we lose track of him for a while as the cops are searching for this guy. <sighs> so that now we get the big finale. The uh, the criminals are coming to, uh, to pick up the children, she follows the parents. The mother. Oh, wait a minute. Now we're not talking about Dave's children. No, we're no, no. no. The 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 pedophiles are coming up to pick up. Yes, yes. yes. Their their product, as it were. You're right. I have to be clear about that. Uh, to pick up their product, and uh, meanwhile, she has followed the evil parents of her child, the evil adoptive parents of her child. Right. She has followed them, and she finds the the handful of children who are about to be sold off. She calls Dave. And Dave, for once, you know, rallies all of the cops to get there. But unfortunately, the villains managed to escape in a helicopter, so they can't prove that they were there. So literally, all they have is the testimony of this one woman who saw all of them. So they bring her down to uh, 
testify, right, at the uh, hearing about whether they can hold these guys. And she and Dave pause in the car to talk about their relationship. And then the father of the girl who died in the first episode murders Dave's girlfriend in front of him. And then we have a foot chase. <laughs> You're like, what am I watching? I mean, I, it's like... And by the way, I just want to point out, like, uh, uh, how are they taking such lax security precautions on this woman that this man is able to walk up in front of the car with a rifle and shoot her in the face? Considering there's Considering an ATV. that there was already an assassin trying to kill her. Yes, but there was... And a- now she has more evidence against them than she did when an assassin tried to kill her. Yes, and it's even worse because there's an APB out on this guy. How the hell did he get into the police station? Like this the is what it, like in the area of the police station. How? Like yeah, no, no, it it is just one of those. It completely defies belief oh, as yeah. a plot point. Completely. And well, no, so they had to have Robson Green has finally found a woman that he likes. Yeah, and well. It, God only knows, but uh, never mind. Yeah, he never would have gone. But anyway, so he wants he's going to continue this relationship. That's the thing yeah. they're talking about in the car. They're going to continue this relationship after this is all over. Exactly. And she gets shot. He goes chasing. Blah blah blah. And I'm just like, really? This is okay. This is how. But it's like he's like the these writers are so desperate to make everything so bleak all the time, they have to abandon, like, basic logic and character behavior to get to their bleak ending. And institutional behavior. Yes. Again, like, why was this woman not being protected while moving when they're all, when, because it's not like they didn't know people were trying to kill her. A professional assassin already tried to kill her. And and almost killed a bunch of cops. Now, just remember, when she was this in the safe house, how the yeah. hell did she get out? Yeah, I'm not sure how she got out of the safe the house. Yeah. How the hell did she get out of the apartment? Apartments have a single door. Well, maybe she dove out a window or something? No, didn't look like it. Yeah, I was confused as how she got out to track down the parents and, and like, get a car. And to go back to her own place to get her car. Yeah, that, then, that was pretty baffling. That was just the plot required her to be there, I think, is how that happened. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, that's the whole thing, is that this is all... A very contrived episode of television. Very, very bad episode of television. It was two different stories, and they tried to meld it together by having... Because you haven't talked about the fact that the guy burned down first before he killed him. Right, yes. Yeah, he burned. That's what That's what made, I forgot to mention that what made Dave Rezo over to the, yeah. Because uh, what happens is, right, yes, first of all, he goes and bangs on the door and tries to get him. The guy And then the guy goes and he burns down Dave's old house, causing. The children inside it and the with parents. The children, I know. And they so managed to get everybody out, thank heavens. But then, like, they're forced to go into hiding. Well, no, what I would say is that Dave finally did the decent thing. Yeah. And said, look, you have got to put these children, as long as I'm in this job. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to take them away. You've got to put them, you've got to take them safer. That's away from me. And I don't know, want to know where they are. But the weird part is Dave does that like 
he's acting like this is a long-term thing is they're not going to quickly catch them because he's acting like Dave has a series of enemies who will always be trying to get through him uh, at him through his family. And I'm like, no, you've just got the one guy. We don't know what he did in the, when he was in the home. I know, but this is like the first time this threat to his family has ever come up on the show. And the only threat we've seen is this one crazy guy. But we have some indication that there must have been something bad because he talks about, you know, when he ended up and why his wife left him. And we don't get the story. No, we don't. Go back to the beginning. We don't ever get the story of what, you know, what happened and what went through, you know. And so he probably may have. And he figures that he will make enemies going forward. Because of the kind of job they have now. Which is fair. Not that we have really seen any of that. And that's my point. Like, he acts like this is like, we're going to have, for the future, you're going to have to chill, uh, shake my children away. And I'm never going to be able to know where they are. And I'm like, I, I feel like you're going to sort this guy out in the next week or so. And then your kids can just come home. Yeah, but like, he's acting like, no. Like, he is the show is acting like a very different situation is happening than the one we are watching. That's what I'm trying to say. That's yes. And that, that is the case. Oh, but also if I may say in David's Dave's self-interest, he understands, he knows that as long as his children are around, he's going to be this shadow hanging over them and he's going to be using them for his own comfort. And and his wife is right. He sees his wife, who doesn't want to have anything to do with him. Yeah, almost got everybody killed. Mm-hmm. And um, and she did. And he did take it to heart that she, when she said, "Can't you come just over here to see the children?" Yep. Just to see the children. No, he I, has to use them as a cru- an emotional crutch. They're they're a crutch. He's yeah. using them. This is not healthy. His wife is pissed off. And, and by then, the way, had the character, had you feel like the character really heard that and was like using the threat on his family as an excuse to give them a fig leaf to get away from him? Because getting away from him would be the best thing. Yeah. I would say that they were doing something interesting with the character. But you really don't, it doesn't read that way when you're watching. No, 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 not when you're watching it. But when when I'm thinking about it, okay, yeah, this could be self-interest. And um, I think they try to say that, but... When he's talking with Susan at one point. Remember, he's talking with Susan. I think that's what he's trying to say. It's just that he's not, he's not saying it well. He's Mm -hmm. not, um, he's too self-absorbed. He shouldn't. And the thing is, is that the wife is correct about one thing. If he keeps coming by just to see the daughters when he's upset or when he needs validation, then they've got this little boy. I think yeah. it's a little boy, the third one. Yep. And and that little boy is then going to be left out. And she's oh, going to yeah. have to try and explain who this man is that keeps showing up and pays attention to the daughters and not the son. And I, I, oh, I can yeah. just see the, It'd be the a big horror. mess. It yeah. would be a big mess because Dave is a big mess. Oh, yeah. And the fact and that... And I want to point out that this is something they haven't really addressed. Like, he must have, like, his youngest daughter must have like almost no uh right uh you know thoughts about him as a person because she's like five yeah right now meaning he got shot and was incapacitated for over a year 
when yeah. she was two. Yeah. Meaning she has like no memory of him at all the way the older daughter does. Yes. Which I just think is an interesting thing that if this show were interested in delving more into Dave's failure as a father could have been interesting. But I just, it's something I noticed when I was watching this and I was like, she's got no memory of like Dave originally, does she? And the answer is no, when she life probably was, doesn't. Yeah, when life to... was relatively stable. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so yes, uh, the, their witness is dead. The girl's father is in jail forever. And now is when they have to break the lawyer by showing him the child pornography and he rec and he is forced to recognize that like the children being brutally tortured in these videos are some of the children he sponsor uh, like sponsored via his you know shady importing children business yeah. and he and he cannot look away from the fact that this is his fault and so his guilt is so you know intense that he does in fact turn against the pedophile ring and testify in court and that's the end of the episode that's it. Over That's it. We're done. We can leave now. We can stop. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is why we were talking about criminal minds at the beginning. Because yeah. There's so little in this episode, and it's all over the map. Yeah. It, like, there's all sorts of things there. As I said, you know, they take these, these they have the sheets, they throw them up in the air and however they land. That's where we go. This, yeah. this is how we shoot it, right? Because you don't go from one. They're trying to make connections. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure. I don't know what the connection between what's going on with him and his family is supposed to be with the uh, pedophile right? ring with the pedophile or with, ring. The, or with, the, um, or with the, the father. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you can't tell what is the. Are you making a connection? Which one are you making a connection with? Yeah, and uh, it doesn't feel like any connection is being made. No, I mean this should have been two separate episodes. It felt uh, like two separate episodes. Yes, but, that, yeah, but if it was two separate episodes, how could they have uh, his girlfriend get killed? And the answer is it actually would have been much more efficient yes. because uh, they would have still been dating after her episode had been resolved. Yeah. Rather than, you know, rather than suddenly they stop protecting their witnesses while they're on their way to testify against, you know, unbelievably powerful pedophile rings. Yeah, because they do show, right, that there's a judge in Holland and there's a, somebody yeah. else in, and they're all involved and, you yeah, know. It's like this giant prosecution. You can't be bothered to protect this one woman. Yeah. And I think what happened is is that the the idea for this came when there was this um this bust of um UNICEF. Yeah, the famous UNICEF thing. Ugh. The UNICEF case. I think that's what they're trying oh, to no, do. Oh no, one hundred percent. That's why all the by the way, that's why all the villains are Dutch. It's because it's about that UNICEF case. Yeah. It, that's, it, it, that's who was running things in this Basically, um, if you're familiar with UNICEF, they used to uh, collect coins at Halloween to give to children in the in the developing world, right? Which is well, not they didn't give them the coins. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they used to collect money. On children Halloween, in school on Halloween, you would collect coins as well as candy 
because you're supposed to donate that to children in the developing world. You and got that's the great. Unit, you got except, the boxes yeah, the UNICEF boxes from school. And you return in school and it would all be collected. It was all very nice. But the problem is the people hands-on in the developing world were finding using their resources and their structure to find orphans and kidnap them for pedophiles. Yeah, and it and, and Holland has always been. I mean, yes, that's there's all sorts of good things about Holland. There's all sorts of there's bad plenty things of nice Holland. nice things about Holland. Except it's one of these situations where it's like you've got these countries that we now see as relatively cute and benign, like Holland and uh, Belgium, and then you go back 150 years and you find the most like ex like extremely brutal colonizers that they were that there were oh they were they like, were just terrible. nightmarishly awful colonizers yeah yeah and it's like belgium unbelievably bad the dutch unbelievably bad and unfortunately Her you know that unbelievably bad oh god yeah right um that goes into the uh that uh, well look at haiti because the French yeah. just had Haiti, but they had, well, and North Africa. But it's like, they, uh, what they did to Haiti and North Africa, oh my God. Well, and I think I, this is this is the problem. As I keep saying it, colonization was colonization. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, when I, when I read history, and I will still make this statement, if I had to be colonized, better to be colonized by the Brits yes. than anybody else. Sadly, that's true. Because what you can say about, and I mean, I'm not saying that erasing people's cultural history and values was a good thing, but uh, what you can say about the British is that they seemed genuinely interested in creating little Englands all around the world, whereas <laughs> all the other colonizers were just like, oh, here's a bunch of slaves to mine our resources. Yep. Whereas it, British, they had this weird, you know... Our culture is so superior, we have to export our culture everywhere. Yeah, the French didn't care about that crap. No, the French and the just killed and just, people and took their stuff. And the Dutch just killed people and took their stuff. Just and, remember you know, that the Dutch... And the Japanese and, just killed and, people and took their stuff. Jeez, the Japanese, we don't even want to... Oh, yeah, you don't oh, even want to go into about, their colonizing. Jesus. No, as I said, you know. Um, but South Africa yeah. was the Dutch... Oh, absolutely. And they just killed people and enslaved a whole country and kept it that way for how long? You know, it's like... It was again, the Boer War. <laughs> yeah. And again, I'm not saying colonialism has ever been good. I'm saying the version where you unbelievably racistly and naively and jingoistically try to turn everybody in the world into British people is the least brutal version of uh, colonialism we had during the age of colonialism. And since we know how brutal that part of yeah was. Imagine you know, how terrible the rest yeah, of it was. Yeah, just imagine how terrible the rest but of yeah, it was. So no, this was in very many ways a rip from the headline stories. And if you guys want to look up the, the UNICEF child trafficking scandal, if you want to be super depressed, that is a really interesting story to look into. Because it is it's it was, disturbing. And it's especially disturbing for those of us who collected UNICEF pennies. Yeah, children. Yes. Well, of course, you know, I mean, and I did because it started. Yeah. Because I did too. We got it. started it. in the 60s. Yeah. Or the 50s. Oh, the 50s. It started in the 50s. Yeah. yeah it started uh, in the 50s. When mm -hmm. they started UNICEF, that was one of the ways, you know, they wanted to get people. It was part of the missionary. United Nations International Children's Education Fund. 
UNICEF. I think so. Emergency think fund. Emergency. Emergency fund. Thank you. Yes. So it was supposed to go into all of these places where there were either war-torn or... Yeah, people desperate for for clean water, people desperate for food and medicine, you know, it was this... I mean, it's literally the best possible, you know, cause, except people starting in the 70s said, hey, we got access to all these kids, and we know people who are pedophiles who want to buy children, and all these kids are orphans, so nobody's going to notice they're missing, and well, yeah. You know, I mean, power, corruption... Power the whole thing it's, wanting money. You know, it's, it's, it's not uh, like this is a new story. Yeah. This is what I, I had my first class last night. We had we had fun, but it was but at the same time, as I said to them, I said, Look, all of these stories, they're a long time in the making. I yeah. I said this is nothing new. And yeah. we just and that's have part to of what's so out. upsetting about it. Yeah. What we have to figure out is how to get out of it. And it's been so fast changing. Well, the answer is it's to not... smash patriarchy, but that's a whole other conversation. Well, yes, we would like to sm smash patriarchy, but that is, but it's since patriarchy and capitalism are intertwined. You also have to smash capitalism, yes. And have been intertwined since the beginning. Oh, yeah. The beginning of written history. <laughs> Well, I mean, the thing is, uh, 5,000 uh, years is a big as, as capitalism is doing its best to destroy the planet, we do currently have an opportunity to smash capitalism. The question is, can we take out patriarchy at the same time? Because the worse climate change gets, the more people are going to notice that, oh, this is entirely capitalism's fault. Oh, by and the so, way. And, and so, boom, you're to... in a position where you can be like, we can take down capitalism. The only question is, can we get patriarchy at the same time? Well, I will. It, it's it is kind of interesting in China. They're starting to have real problems. I'm not I, surprised. Listening to news because there are people who aren't getting paid and stuff like that because the economy is just being yeah. shot by a whole bunch of different things. Yep. Um. So I don't know what's going to go on in China because this is. Yeah, their uh, their shift to state capitalism might not have been the best move. No. They have record unemployment all throughout the country. And no. they got and the most populous country in the world. So that's a since bad most place. things are state owned and the state can't pay their workers. Mm -hmm. You start getting you know? into some real trouble. Yeah. So yeah, uh things are gonna I'm not saying things are gonna start moving really fast soon, but look out everybody. Uh, you might want to keep your head down for the next five years or so. Yeah, you know. As stuff starts getting real bad with the climate and capitalism's failures. Yeah. Uh, the trick is to um, uh, to avoid letting, whenever capitalism fails, the trick is to avoid letting fascist dictators take over. Because fascist dictators always fail in like, you know, a couple of decades at the most. Unless you're North a, Korea. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> and they're they're making a deal with uh, Russia. That's true, but that's more of a monarchy than a fascist dictatorship. <laughs> oh well, no, it's not a monarchy. It's a, just a coincidence that a single family has a hereditary rulership over a country. Yeah. But that's that's built. I mean, there is there are elements that are similar in fascist dictatorships because you need a cult of personality, which is what monarchies are built around. Yes. Um, but yes, the difference with fascism is they don't have like this backing of a, you know, a, a religion, 
right? <laughs> of God put someone in charge to yeah. keep it running. Uh, but yeah, the problem is they're generally so incompetent that they fail. And the only way, as you see from North Korea, to keep it from failing is to stay completely isolated from the rest of the world. Yeah. Right? And so rigidly control it that no one knows the rest of the world exists. Which yeah. is, I mean, that's disturbing in and of itself. Oof. And the rest of the world that they know, well, they know that the rest of the world exists, but it is evil. Exactly. It is evil. And, you know, uh, it's it goes back to the, you know, the the world of the, the I was about to say the Mennonites, the Amish, who just like protect everybody from worldly things. Worldly being the greatest sin something can be. Oh, yes. Well, you know, just read the Bible. It's in the book. Yeah, I know. Talk, it's all sourced. Oh, it's, yeah. it's honestly sourced from the book. I'm not going to deny that. So yeah, um, this is a very bleak episode that seems to exist solely to, to be, be bleak. bleak. Like they just they they wrap themselves in misery. And if you read the synopsis of the next three episodes, which are just one movie, uh, you might see that it's like, can we triple down on bleakness? Because <laughs> I remember what the last episode is about. Do you remember what the last episode is about? No, except that I think I do, because okay. when, now here's the weird thing, is when I watched the end yeah. of Wire in the Blood, right, when we were going through, and I didn't talk about this when we were talking about Wire in the Blood, because right. I'm going, I, I, but I thought blah, 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 blah happened. Yeah. And no, that was the end of this show. Oh no! Yes. You'd forgotten all the stuff with Michael, and you were remembering this show instead. I I thought it was going to be the ending of this touching show. evil. Interesting. Well, that's... Because of Robson Green, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, a lot of people. Oh, there's that's the reason these shows get confused with each other. And honestly, I I think a lot of reason people have fondness for this show is they're they're remembering Wire in the Blood. And they just don't oh. realize they're remembering Wire in the Blood. But it was weird. And yeah. then I just accepted, of course, the end of Wire in the Blood and said, well, I don't know where I got that idea from. And now I'm going, oh, yes, okay. It now is I tragic that, like, that. Wire in the Blood didn't get another movie because that ended at a really interesting place. Yeah. And I get how you can stop it there, but I would have liked to see Tony, you know, after yeah. that. 20 years later. Yes, I would like them to come back. Do we know how Cracker ba came back a decade later? Let's yeah. let's see what Tony's up to. Well, maybe what's her face? You know, they could do it. Yeah. Coming uh, back from South Africa. like Come back from South see Africa. See what happens. See what happens. Yeah. And, um, there have been plenty of new video game systems since that came out, since Mar and the Blood came out. <laughs> For Tony to play. I'm just saying, Tony Hill, one of the few video, uh, like one of the earliest char main characters of a TV show to actively play video games. Yeah. It's a very weird thing about the show, but it's there. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Um, That's it. We're going to be back next week with the final episode of <laughs> uh, of Touching Evil. It is three episodes. So, you know, be prepared for that. But it is a single movie that, you know, with commercial time is about two and a half, 240. 
So we're going to be here for that, and we're going to be talking about the show as a whole, just like we do when we get to the last episode. I don't think we're going to need to do a bonus episode, like, talking about the show as a whole. No, please, no. But then right away after finishing this, we're going to be hopping on in to a little show called Touching Evil United States. And it can't be good. I know, right? Oh, it can't be good. But there are more episodes of it, so there you go. Actually, there's kind of the same amount of episodes of it, because these aired as two-parters in uh, the UK. So there were technically like, thir- uh, well, there are technically 15 episodes of this and only 13 episodes of that. But I have to assume they're not going to have as many two-parters in the American version. I haven't checked. And I you know, don't even think... Cracker did some two-parters. Yeah, the first one was a two-parter. Well, I think it was aired as a movie. The, yeah, it was aired as, as yeah. As like the a pilot movie. movie. The pilot movie. God, um, I remember pilot movies. And it's movies. the same. It's the same. Yeah, movie. it is the same. And Zeljko Ivanek plays the uh, Emperor Palpatine role. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> oh, we love him so much. And oh, we love that man so much. No, perfect casting. You want to replace the Emperor? Yeah, you go with Zeljko Ivanek. No question whatsoever. The man's, like, just ideal. Big fan of his. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about him in the past, right? Yeah. Like, we don't have to bring it up. Nope, the nope, governor nope. on Oz, the DA on Homicide, just one of our favorite actors. Yeah. Uh, in a little movie called Seven Psychopaths, brilliant performance there. His supporting role, tiny, but he's just fantastic in it. Anyway, the point is, we love Zeljko Ivanek. I didn't know that's how we were going to be ending the show this week, but that is what I want you to be the big takeaway of this week's episode. All right, so if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any uh, profiling-related fiction you'd like us to check out after Touching Evil, uh, although we'll probably watch a Millennium next, uh, <laughs> drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you're listening to this as an app or podcatcher, please be sure to rate and review it. That's how people find the show. We're going to see you here next week for the final episode of Touching Evil before we start the U.S. version. But until then, I'll say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week.